Hey, moms in business, welcome to the podcast that educates, encourages, and empowers women. I'm your host, Angela Fazio, and I'm committed to bringing you great business information, amazing guests, inspiration, and a godly perspective. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by The Forum Coworking and Events in Chandler, Arizona. It's a great co-work space where people can meet clients, conduct business, um, have private events, or just have fun. It's also sponsored by East Valley Connect Facebook Group. It's connecting Phoenix East Valley community and local businesses. My guest today is Gina Shepard. She's a local radio host, and oh, you're just going to love hearing from her. She is really going to teach us the importance of being tenacious, of going after something and working really hard. So you'll be blessed by her words today. So let's get right to the conversation. Hi, Gina. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I know you had to call in instead of being in person. I really appreciate your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for um, being good with the call. And sorry, I didn't have the time to go out to Gilbert. Oh, no problem. So um, we ha- I'm sitting here with Gina Shepard. She is the co-host of The Morning Mess on Live 101.5. And I am so excited to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes of your, uh, your career and your family. And so let's start with that sweet baby of yours. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I have her in my arms right now. That's <laughs> I just so got sweet. home a little bit ago from the, uh, the station there. But she is our first child, mine and my husband. She is seven months old. Um, her name is Maeve. She is a sweet little girl. We got pretty lucky in the baby department. You know, she doesn't um, have any colic, and she's generally a pretty happy little girl. You know what? That is a blessing. I have six children and one grandchild, and of course, my daughter mm-hmm. gets a perfect baby, like perfect, happy all the uh-huh. time, <laughs>, laughs and smiles. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but she's great. Like, come on. I know. So cute. So cute. Well, congratulations on that. What a blessing. Thank you. And I know that one of your goals is to have more babies. Yes, yes, it is. We want to have more kids. We're a little, um, I guess, unsure on how many kids. I come from a pretty big family myself, but my husband, he only has two siblings. So I know at least one more. I'm kind of just taking it one kid at a time, to be honest. Uh, So how many do you, how many do you come from? How many siblings? I have four sisters. We, I don't have any brothers, so it's a family of, including my parents, a family of seven. Wonderful, wonderful. My mom comes from eight and my grandma from 13. It's nuts. Oh my gosh, 13 is wild. That's crazy. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. dad comes from eight too, so I guess he just decided to downsize a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that's very exciting. Um, so give us a little bit of history of how you became the co-host of a radio show. All right, so... Um, started off in 2014. I was a senior in college. I uh, was majoring in broadcast journalism, and I did an internship with a radio station. I've always had a huge love for music, so that's kind of what drew me to radio, kind of like journalism music. So I went in, um, I kind of buzzed with the program director for a few days over email because, I mean, he's super busy, but I was really eager to get that interview. So I landed the internship, which turned into a part-time role with one of our other morning shows. So our company owns a couple of different stations. One of them is a country station. It's uh, the new Camel at 107.9. Mm-hmm. And 
So for about 10 months or so, I was producing their morning show. Um, it, it was kind of one of those positions where you put in way more hours than you're paid. But right. I understood like the benefit for my career at that point. Because I, I mean, usually in, in an industry like broadcast, you're starting off in a much smaller market. I'm from Phoenix. I'm born and raised here. So I was prepared to go move to some smaller city to kind of get my foot in the door. So when they offered me this, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't care what you're paying me or how many hours. Like, I'll do the job. And so I did that for a while. That, that know, led into – go ahead. I, I was just going to say, that's one of the attitudes of a successful person. You know, we talk a lot on the show, and I, I actually was sitting – getting interviewed yesterday about being a business owner and that attitude of I would I would rather take less pay and and work way more hours than I'm getting paid for and get that experience that's just a great can-do attitude oh absolutely and I um what I love about the I'm still working for the same company right now what I love about that is we do still take interns and they will often shadow you you know during your your job or your show and that's one of the number one things I'm telling them. I was like, if you're hungry, you have to work for it. Everyone is very concerned for a paycheck. And that's, I mean, it's important. You have to get paid something to live. But you can make do, you know, you can eat ramen and craft macaroni for a few years and just get those years of experience under your belt. So yes, somebody, definitely something that I, I try to preach. Somebody asked me yesterday during the interview, they said, well, tell me about when you first started out in your businesses, um, what did you do about balance? And I, I was like, balance? In the first few years of a new business, there's no such thing as balance. You work all the time, no. as hard as you can, to get over those mm -hmm. first humps. So that's exciting. Yeah, so you, it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. So you got, how did you get into this radio uh, show? Well, um, kind of funny. I bounced around that company in a couple of different departments. So after the producing role, I kind of figured out that that wasn't exactly the best fit for me. And I talked to my boss and he recommended I try a different job in the same building, just a different department. So I did that for a year. But while I was doing that, I would take my lunch hour break and we have a couple of extra studios in the building. And I would just go into that room and practice. You do what's called like a fake break. You're not actually on the radio, um, but you pretend like you are and you're going to practice and someone critiques you and tells you how to do better. So I would do that at least three or four times a week. I just use my lunch hour to do that. Luckily for me, because I was a part of the camel team, I knew very experienced on-air personalities who've been in the industry for years. So I would send them my air check to be like, okay, tell me what sucks. Like, how do I get better? And um, they did really nice. After a while, maybe about a year of that, I actually started – recording the overnight show which was super exciting i remember going to the big big boss he's the one who um initially hired me but i was really nervous to have him hear my my audio because right. he's been in this industry for like 20 years and i'm just like okay here you go and he goes do you want to do overnights and i was just blown away because i just wanted some feedback and i'm like yes yes i'd love to and i did that for a while and then i was looking for a full-time job as a radio host that um was going going somewhere it was nice i mean i was reaching out to people sending them like stuff but what ended up happening was on camel the country station where i originally produced for a bunch of people just quit and that's the weird weird thing i mean my position in this industry is a combination 
of definitely a lot of hard work and practice, but luck. It's like lightning striking because if you think about how broadcast positions work, there's only so many stations in the city. There's only so many positions open. And they're not going to fire somebody to hire you. I mm-hmm. mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. That's just not really going to happen. So, well, I totally, quitting. I totally believe that God opens and closes doors. And just because you kept putting yourself yeah. out there for the betterment of yourself and your career, that got noticed at just the right time. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really wild because I was looking for a job right when this started happening, and then. Um, of course, I don't have experience with the major markets. My boss didn't come to me. He wasn't, you know, he didn't approach me and say, would you like this job? It was kind of more so I went to him and I, you know, I explained, I understand if it doesn't mean an opportunity for me because I don't have that experience. I don't have the years that some other people have. But I told him, if there's any chance at all, I'd love to audition for the role. Um, obviously if there's not no hard feelings, I totally get it. I would still love to work here in my current position, but if there's any chance at all, like just know that I am excited and ready to show you what I got. That's so he heard me out. Go ahead. I was just going to say that there you go again, doing another quality of a successful person. You have to have the confidence and the courage to put yourself out there. You have to ask. Yeah. That actually took me a while to learn. I was very um, timid. I didn't want to come off entitled. I, I, I mean, I am a part of the millennial generation. I know we have a stigma against us. I didn't want to be like, here comes Miss No Experience thinking that she gets this job. So I wasn't going to ask. And um, I was talking to a different coworker of mine, uh, and he's been in that building for 10 years. He goes, no, you have to ask. He goes, just make sure you ask respectfully. And so, I mean, his name is Jader. And if he didn't tell me that, so thank you, Jader, if you wouldn't have told me to ask, I would have been too scared to, and I wouldn't have gotten this job and ultimately where I'm at. Um, Jader is wise. Yeah, he is. And he's a great guy. He still works there. He's amazing. So I've had a lot of um, help from other people in the building. Well, you got to have people, you got to surround yourself with people who are encouragers and who will help guide the way. It matters who you surround yourself with. That's another really important thing. And the thing I liked about what Jader said to you is he was basically saying, you need to ask because if you don't ask, you don't get, but do it with humility. Right. You know, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I mean, it couldn't have come at a more perfect time because I did get the opportunity to audition and I got the job, which was just so remarkable. I just, I was excited. I was like, I get to audition because when you audition, you're on air for a week. I was like, even if I don't get this job, that exposure is crazy. I can take this air check and then I can actually say that I had, you know, a position on air for a week, Monday through Friday. So it was kind of, it was a win-win for me. I get the experience and I get the resume goods and I get the air check goods or I get the job and I got the job, which was just so crazy. Well, congratulations. Um, How long have you been on that show now? Thank you. So I I actually was, it was middays for Camel, and I was doing that for about a year until, so we're owned by the same company now, I'm on a top 40 station, it's pop music. Someone on the pop music quit, and my boss said, would you like that position? And I was honestly scared, because when it comes to, I guess, being a personality and being on the radio, you want to make sure you can, one, relate to your audience. Two, there's a certain persona that comes with it. And growing up, I didn't know if I identified with the popular crowd necessarily, like the typical pop music person. And so I told him, I was like, are you sure? Like, I'm a little nervous for that. 
He was like, well, I wouldn't ask you if I wasn't sure. I've been doing it for a long time. Of course I'm sure. I'm like, okay, well, well, touche. I guess that makes sense. You are the boss. And, and so I ended up doing both, actually. I went to nights on camel. So I had two shows. I would do middays on 101.5, nights on camel. Now, my morning show positions came when they lost one of their members. It's a, it was a trio at the time, and one person quit. So I was able to audition. I actually auditioned twice. I, I didn't get it the first time I auditioned. Two years later, the opening came up again. I auditioned a second time, and that's actually when I landed it. And instead of keeping it a trio, they changed it into a quartet. So now there's four of us. So it really is a different show, a different dynamic. But over the course of five years, that's how I got from intern to morning show co-host. Okay. And honestly, I mean, I have a pressing like a question. Combination of work and luck. <laughs> I, I totally have a pressing question. It's a totally selfish question. Yeah. How do you guys not talk over each other more? <laughs> like, what is your? Do you have signals? Do you like? I don't know. You don't. Most of most hosts, I I can really tell they're having conversation and not a lot of talking over each other. It takes practice, I guess, is the biggest thing, and making sure that everybody knows their. I don't know if I want to use the word place, like their place in the show, but just understanding your role, right, your lane. So we've been doing this now for about a little over like three months. We started in January. So in the beginning, it was hard. There were times where we would talk over each other. But as we've been doing this literally, you know, five days a week for five hours a day, you start to learn when you can jump in and the natural cadences of your co-host. And you'll kind of make sure to be concise with your wording. You state your opinion, your piece, and you kind of take a back seat and you will look around. It's so funny. Our co-host Carla, but she actually went from intern right to morning co-host. She's just hilarious and was a great fit for the role, but she will actually raise her hand in the studio. And I love it. It's like, <laughs> so cute. Like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I call on you, Carla. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, if I want to toss it to somebody I've learned though, like if I say something, I'll be like, what do you think Carla? Or isn't that right? Carla? Or isn't that right? right and that's kind of you learn how to transition. That. It's definitely a process. It's not something you get overnight, but hanging out as much as you can in the first month of the show we would hang out all day after the show too because you really just have Get to, to know each other who yes. they are and how they talk so I will tell you that um, I, I hope you could, listeners are are trying to apply this to your lives because just because we're talking about radio talk show hosts you know not talking to each other and finding a cadence that is true in every part of business there is um a synergy or a, a lane that you have to stay in. You have to be able to move in and out of the people around you gracefully because you need to, if you're in sales, especially that's something that you've got to learn. So you can really apply what Gina is saying here to whatever your business is. For oh, sure. absolutely. I mean, when, yeah, when I, I can't just the other day and this just drove me nuts. I was at a, I won't say the business name, but I was at an area where you get glasses and the woman kept, talking over her customer and I, I'm understanding okay maybe you do know what he's going to say maybe you know already but to talk over everything that just frustrated me and that's just in the interaction between a sales rep and a customer and I'm like can you it's kind of rude can't you yeah. just let him finish what he's going to say and then you know respond right that's so true I, I observe that sometimes as well because we assume what the other person is going to say or think and we're almost always wrong <laughs> yeah 
Well, I will jump to another. We have an audience full of women, a lot of women, not all women, but majority. And uh, I want to say something remarkable that I want to give you kudos for. You work like 70, 80 hours a week and you are successfully between pumping and everything, you're breastfeeding your child. I am so excited about that. I'm so excited. No, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody that they have to do that, but that is a remarkable commitment to be able to do that when you're away from the home so much. Yes, it is. uh, Especially in the beginning days, it was a big challenge to figure that out, but I was really determined. Um, I was very lucky again in the breastfeeding front because she latched right away great. She has a couple of ties on her lip and tongue, but they didn't affect breastfeeding. I didn't have to go to appointments. I know sometimes breastfeeding can be really, really hard and it's not the mother's fault at all. Sometimes it just takes a lot of work. I got very lucky. So we had a great breastfeeding relationship. I took the full 12 weeks I was allowed to for maternity leave to really establish that connection and the supply and working so hard during that 12 weeks, I was like, well, I'm not going to lose it now. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Well, kudos really to you. That. Seriously. When, well. <laughs> and one of my children, my husband and I were, we had a, just a tremendous business year. And so that baby came with me everywhere. And uh, between the oh, pumping yeah. and the whatever, it's a, it is a definite commitment, but I just commend you for that. And I want to encourage you women out there. It is possible, even if you're working crazy hours to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Even if you're working on site, because I'm sure you saw in there, one of the craziest places I've ever pumped was at a club in a bathroom in Vegas. Now, <laughs> I know, I know a bathroom awesome. is not the most ideal situation, <laughs> and I will totally say I did not keep that milk, but you do have to get it out, out in order to yeah. more so the supply keeps coming, and it's this whole process. So uh, we do a lot of events at concerts, at golf games randomly. We'll go to a store. Sometimes we're at... Um, mobile or we're at the mall and I'm pumping in my car or I'm pumping in a bathroom and I mean I talk about it a lot candidly on my Instagram and I have noticed that a lot of people do appreciate that that was something I was surprised at I was just I share my life it's just what I do yes um, yes I think yeah, that's good. You got We've got to encourage each other. Part of this whole process is to say, hey, listen, um, we're struggling. We're struggling to get this done, but it can get done. It just takes that perseverance and that commitment. And that's a it commitment, does. Does. <laughs> especially with the whole modesty thing. <laughs> you know, you kind of lose all that <laughs> during the process. Uh, I know that was hard for me in my early days. Cause again, her being my first child, I remember, and honestly, I still do get a little nervous breastfeeding her in public. There's still this weird stigma around it. And, um, think like my husband's been amazing he's always like just Peter it doesn't matter like it's fine people want to be weird about it but I'm still just like should I go to the car he's like no just Peter right here so well one of the things still some weirdness yeah one of the things I read about you um before we got to speak was you said don't let someone else else determine your priorities don't let other people determine your priorities. And you could have very easily done that. I know that people give in, women give in all the time at their perception yeah. of those around them and what they think. Mm-hmm. You know, people pleasing. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they really do. And that, that's another testament to, the, to breastfeeding. I have had people in my industry before, while the majority of them are supportive, they're just like, well, why don't you just give her a while you're out? And then you don't have to worry about it. So it's like, well, these are my priorities and I've set and I understand that you can have a difference of opinion, but I'm going to stick to my guns and what I would like to do with my child as a mother. That's a great lesson because people pleasing is exhausting. You can't do it. It's impossible. It is. 
It is impossible. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So I also thought it was very interesting. I am jumping all around because I am dying to know you said you love to eat, which is, that's great. But then you said, you followed up, I have a garden and pets. What? Like, tell me about that. (laughs) I'm going to be honest, though. Right now, my garden is about, like, 80% full of just cilantro and nothing else because we haven't really been tending to it that much. But um, uh, my husband's really big on a lot. I mean, there's a bunch of different things. One, sustainability. He likes the idea of growing your own food because it helps to cut back on a lot of emissions. Whereas if you're buying it from a grocery store, that takes time though. And he's a stay at home dad. And now with this morning show, all the hours I'm doing, we just don't really grow as much as we used to, but we do have a little garden in the back. It is something that we enjoy. Um, We're in a couple of different groups on Facebook about it. Just kind of learn and figure that out. Um, We have some lavender, some lavender and cilantro is really it right now. As far as the pets go, we have, we have a good amount of pets. Tell Um, me about them. There's two dogs. Oh, we have tomatoes. My husband just reminded me. We have tomatoes. <laughs> Don't forget the tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, right. So for pets, there are two dogs. There is a cat. We have a snake, a tarantula. Oh gosh. We have two fish tanks and five chickens. <laughs> Plenty of eggs. <laughs> yes, and see that's that's exactly why. My husband wanted the uh, chickens because he wanted to have fresh eggs. So I, the chickens are the newest addition. Okay, so I have a woman that I work with. Her name is Maria, and she has chickens. And we call her the queen of Cluckingham Palace. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And I love that. <laughs> right? And she <laughs> walks around, and she says those mother cluckers. <laughs> and she'll like, I'll be talking oh to my, my chickens, God. and I'll say, what the cluck? <laughs> That's amazing. She's hilarious. I love that. I'm so for word fun. That's awesome. I know, right? And so I get fresh <laughs> eggs as well, so I'm super excited. So. Yes, I haven't tried one yet. Our like I, the chickens are new to us, so they are about three months old. So I think we have another month or so before our chicken would lay any eggs. So swear to you, you're going to have uh, yeah, okay. you're going to have more great chicken stories to tell your audience because they are nuts. So, yeah. Oh, I. Yeah, they're already getting pretty crazy with the personality out there. <laughs> well, and, we'll I mean, get the back to that. The chickens in general were a big surprise to me because I know my husband had been talking for a while that he wanted them, and I was like, we really have a lot going on. Maybe we should wait on the chickens. And I just came home one day, and they were here. So now I got chickens. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> you know what? I, with the garden thing, I in my life, I started with plants, and I killed them all, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I'll get a dog and let's see if I can keep the dog alive. Well, the dog lived, okay. and then I was like, maybe I can take care of kids. <laughs> this, is my, this is my early woman <laughs> thought process. If I can't keep tra- track yes. of a plant, I can't tr- keep track of a dog. I mean, what? how is that related? I don't know. It looks like you right? guys have a green thumb, no, though. No. Well... Um, it's been a learning process for sure. One thing that, um, the husband's way better at than me is putting in a lot of effort and time with researching. He will spend five hours researching a particular plant before he actually plants it to make sure it's in the right spot. It has enough shade. It has enough water. Will it even grow here? Cause I mean, if you go to like a big box nursery place, they're not really made for Arizona. It might say that right. the plant does great in full sun, but that's like full sun in the Midwest. It's right. not full Phoenix sun where it's like 115 and the rays are crazy. So 
It's well, been a learning process. There's that is commendable. I wish I had yeah. a garden of my own swear. If I could keep one alive, I'd have it. So I think that's fantastic. So I want oh, our audience to really glean from, I mean, you have a, a obviously extraordinary wealth of knowledge and experience in getting to where you are in your business. And you've demonstrated in this short amount of time, just great qualities of a successful person. If you were going to, you're welcome. If you were going to talk with our audience about advice you would give them um, on success, whether that be at work or trying to, you know, gain a new position or at home or trying to juggle a bunch of things, is there anything that you would... Mm -hmm from your heart, just want to tell our audience? Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing when it comes to success in any area is grit. Um, and grit is just sticking it out, mm. toughing it out. Of course, you want to, I guess, um, staying open to knowledge and feedback is huge, too. There's been so many people that I've met who are incredibly talented people, but if they're not open to feedback on how they could improve, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect person. You'll find someone in the industry for 30 years and they're still wanting to improve. I think that's huge. You have to always be open to the improvement and understand that you can grow and do better. But sticking it out for the tough days, um, the days that really suck, the days that are really long. I mean, maybe you're home for 30 minutes and you come home and all you do is sleep and you've had nothing but really bad junk food. I mean, don't make that a habit, of course, but just be kind to yourself mm. on those days. Don't don't expect too much out of yourself. Um, it's not it's not a race. It's a slow, steady climb. Don't follow someone else's timeline, and just be open and willing to opportunities. You know, there's um, things might come your way, and it might not initially be what you think you wanted. But give it some. Give it a couple of days. Don't make that initial jump decision sit on it and see how much it can actually benefit you and make sure that you are open and willing to doing those things. That is so wise. I, I think so many people make them se- several mistakes. First of all, they, they approach life that they're going to arrive at one, you know, one day they're just going to arrive and everything's going to be yeah. accomplished. But if you're not learning and growing and, and open, you're moving backwards. You can't keep moving forward mm-hmm. without having a, a, a growth mentality, a I need to improve mentality. And that's not putting yourself down. That's just being constantly no. open to improvement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I also love what you said is that you basically you said you need to approach also life with never give up, but, and, but have this humility. Just if you can humbly go through life and, and uh, get through those hard times and be patient and kind to yourself and patient and kind to others. That's another huge part of success that helps when you need help, people will be there because you've been, you know, kind and helpful to them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge thing. You, you got to have that good support system around you. So when can our audience listen to you? Tell us, tell us the specifics. So um, Monday through Friday from 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Live 101.5, so I'm like the FM dial is 101.5. That's uh, when you can hear the morning mess, and I actually host my own solo show afterwards. It's the midday show. It's just called Gina, and I'm on from 10 to 2, same exact station, so immediately after the morning show. And what is the flavor of that show? Um, it's a lot of pop culture. It's a lot of, you know, what did 
Kim Kardashian just say to upset Kylie Jenner type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of music focused things, and we do a ton of prizes, which I just love. You know, being someone who appreciated music, and that's what got me into that industry. You're trying to get close to your artist, but it's sold out. We have tickets to get you there. We have experiences too. We'll fly you out to Vegas. We'll fly you out to Florida for a music festival. We'll get you backstage so you can meet somebody. So I love the experience aspect of my show too. There's always a fun prize you can win. That sounds fun. So if uh, if you guys want to hear Gina Shepard, get on 101.5 on the FM dial and listen to both of her shows. Gina, thank you so much for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. And of course, I'd be silly if I didn't mention radio.com is the app. If you just want to stream it, you don't have to be in the car on the radio. Absolutely. Oh, that's smart. Yes, please. Radio.com. Sounds great. Well, Gina, thanks again. And (laughs) thanks thanks to all of our listeners. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Hey Moms in Business. Have a great day.